Welcome, friends and strangers, potentially. We're back. And we are doing our first full-length episode of the Responsibly Unhinged podcast today. So we are all back in our setup. We did it successfully. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to be periodically checking that my tits are not hanging out. So just ignore that. <laughs> we, we took a risk with an outfit today. We took a risk. Um, but we are here and I'm excited. And uh, now the time that this is out, the podcast has officially already been out. You guys got the intro episode, um, that launched last week on the fifth. And I'm super excited to keep this rolling. I'm hoping to bring episodes on a weekly basis, at least bi-weekly, but my goal is to have something out every week to you guys on Wednesdays. So uh, super excited for this to be out and rolling. Like it feels more real now that I know when you're listening to this that it's already available. So I am going to just kind of get into it. And the first place I kind of wanted to start with this podcast, I have been debating back and forth about because so much has happened recently. So much has happened in the last year and I haven't really known like what order I really want to do things in, but I'm a chronological girly. So I said that a lot of this kind of, uh, new path that I've been on over the last year came from starting with like my long-term relationship ending and kind of putting me into this journey of navigating being single and really trying to figure out a lot of my own personal stuff. Right. And as I've kind of gone through a lot of those experiences the last year, particularly the most recent um, situation I was in over the summer, I found that one of the things that I suck at is determining, um, I guess, determining when too many red flags is too many red flags um, and really just identifying them in general. And I always feel really stupid, honestly, when I go backwards and I like am thinking about relationships or involvements in hindsight. And I'm able to very clearly see the red flags then. And when you retell your story, people are always like, how the fuck did you not see that? Right. But it's always easier to see something, I think, from a distance or when you're not involved. And I just kind of want to use this experience to, like I said, help other people maybe be more in tune with what's happening. And my goal for myself is also to have a little bit more just discernment with people going forward. Um, I have a history that I was just speaking with my mom about this weekend, actually, of being a little bit too trusting right off the bat with people um, and getting really vulnerable really quickly. And also just um, kind of putting it all out there because my intentions are always genuine and my heart is genuine. So I tend to assume that other people are being like genuine and upfront with me as well. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to have that quality, but I do need to figure out a balance between that and a little bit more discernment. So that's kind of what I'm working on. And one of the best examples of this and something I get asked about a lot actually is my long-term relationship. Because like I said, I did uncover in therapy a lot about narcissistic abuse and um, just like the different things that we went through. And I'm often asked like, was it always like this? Um, you know, how were you with somebody that long if that was going on? And I want to say that I'll get more into my journey of uncovering like how I figured this out. Um, I did not figure it out until after the fact. So um, that was through a lot of therapy. But I kind of want to paint a picture of what that looked like from the beginning, because honestly, this is a really good lesson in terms of what we, I was just addressing with like being able to find discernment and leave something at the first, maybe few signs first. So I kind of want to just take you guys back a little bit and dive into our, uh, our character today. Like I said, I will be using uh, pseudonyms and I've been really back and forth on what to do for this one because he is going to be a recurring character considering the longevity of the relationship. And I'm just, I landed on Goodwill because the man couldn't shop literally anywhere else. So that's what we're going to use. That's the most uh, kind pseudonym I could give. So <laughs> we're going to kind of go back to how that started, because honestly, I think a big lesson for me has been that people do tend to show you who you they are up front. And as women, and honestly, men probably make this mistake sometimes too, um, 
we often fall for like glimpses of people or like small good things that they show us. And we see this like big picture of potential that someone has. And then we ignore all of the red flags, so to speak, um, and the glimpses into who they really are that they're showing you. So if you're paying close enough attention, someone will reveal themselves. And that is something that as I go back in hindsight, I wish that I would have paid more attention to. So I kind of just want to lay it out there. I know I've had a lot of people, like I said, curious about the whole situation. And honestly, it didn't have the smoothest start (laughs) five years ago either. So um, take that as your lesson moving forward. But Essentially, if we go back to 2016, um, I originally moved to Nashville because I was interested in music business, business, wow, and music entertainment. And so I got down there and I started putting out um, just like applications and networking. And I ended up on a radio tour with an independent country artist, actually. And so I was going out to a bunch of different shows. We were playing a lot of different local bars and things like that. So I wasn't really doing much of the normal like local dating scene in Nashville. I hadn't really done any of that. Um, I also wasn't really trying to date right away. I'd kind of been in a weird situation before I left Ohio, where I'm originally from, to get to Nashville. So I was kind of just like there to pursue my passions. I was working part-time at Hard Rock Cafe um, to make my actual bills (laughs) money. And like I said, I was kind of pursuing this very uh, not financially rewarding uh, position on this tour. And it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of experience that I uh, really enjoyed for that. But ultimately, that ended up not being for me and is not super relevant to the story. But it was just setting up that I wasn't really dating or doing much because I was just kind of juggling all these different things. So coming around into the new year, uh, New Year's Eve 2017, I went out with some of my friends. And I remember a lot of our friends were separating out. And uh, we were at this pregame with a group of a girl that I knew's uh, friends from work. And a lot of them were going to the free Keith Urban show that was downtown and outside, but it was like raining terribly. And I just, the, the effort that we put into for New Year's Eve looks is just, it's not for rain. We're not doing that. So I was like, I'm not walking in the rain with this hair, with these shoes. We're just not doing it. So A couple of my other friends and I decided to go to this bar called Miss Kelly's, which is a karaoke bar in Nashville. Shout out to my Nashville listeners. Um, It's in Printer's Alley downtown. Great spot for um, especially New Year's because uh, they're one of the only places that you can get into for less than $10. Little hack there. So um, we decided to go there and we were pretty pretty uh, lit by the time we came. And honestly, um, the night, though, took a really long time before we even went out. I think it was like 1130 before we even got into this bar. So we were just having a good time. And at one point, I was at the bar on my phone um, texting some dude from Ohio um, that was potentially going to come visit me for New Year's and didn't. Um, so I was like talking to him and like sharing that disappointment and blah, blah, blah. And some guy approaches me and basically gives me hell for being on my phone on New Year's Eve, right? He's like, what are you doing on your phone at the bar? You look sad, like blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh, you know, texting somebody that was supposed to be here with me and then I would probably be less sad (laughs) because me can't lie, just has to be straight up vulnerable right away. Just share all my shit. I'm also uh, a few tequilas to the wind at this point. So um, he basically tells me that he would love to buy me a drink and turn my night around. So I'm like, okay, sure. So he buys uh, me a drink and we start talking and kind of just getting to know each other as much as you can in a loud drinking setting, right? Um, We're dancing, we're talking. Um, I remember us talking initially early on about like children, like we're at the bar talking about how like neither of us want to really um, necessarily have kids. And I remember him telling me like, oh, I should just, I should just marry you. That's perfect. Like on the first night. And we were like dancing and making out all over the bar and just like all of the, all the things, you know, it's new year's Eve. Right. Um, I remember he was not my midnight kiss actually. Um, he was talking to somebody else after we had like met briefly and then he like went away and came back. Um, just interesting tidbit there, but we got to the end of the night and basically, um, he was like, well, you know, do you want to go like home with me or, you know, any, whatever. And I was like, yeah, for sure. So I, um, got us an Uber and we ended up going back to my place actually. And we 
obviously hooked up. And I, the next morning, my uh, parents were going to be in town. Um, I'm like, if you're watching this, sorry, I have like this strange look on my face because I'm seeing like painfully obvious parallels to things that were happening to me this summer. <laughs> um, so we'll get there. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, so I was like, my parents are coming into town. So I, you know, can't really um, keep you here. I remember I was like telling him I needed to get a maneuver and all this stuff. And he was like, can you just give me a ride to my car? And I was like, no. <laughs> so he was like, okay. Um, he's like, honestly, like the parents coming is the best like one night stand excuse I've ever heard to get somebody out. So props. And I was like, no, like genuinely my parents could be here at any given minute and they like hell hath no fury like my parents like they they could show up at the crack of dawn at any given day so I was like you just got to get out of here um because you know it's not abnormal to be 25 and out there living your best sex life but your parents probably don't really want to know about it and I couldn't even remember this guy's name I had him in my phone as blank or blank like with a question mark because it was like two different potential spellings of his name and then his last name and I was like it's one of those <laughs> so I like had him in my phone that way and I just kind of like went about our day actually his friend had went home with my other friend and they were at her place a mile down the road so I was like why don't you just uber there and then you guys can figure it out so come to find out later she ended up having to like pay for their uber and rode with them all the way back to their cars in Nashville so good on her um we're actually not friends anymore so whatever that was just me getting rid of a whole lot of people at one time right but he left and I honestly thought I would never see him again. And I remember that I actually texted my roommate at the time because he had a lot of interesting tattoos um, that when I met the guy, he was wearing like jeans and a long sleeve. And so you couldn't see anything except for like a glimpse of a wrist tattoo when he moved his sleeves at this point in time, he's gotten more arm tattoos since then. But, um, that was like it. And then, you know, it was dark when we were naked, but I saw like something that was like a very, um, like, I feel like I can't identify people's tattoos. Cause it's like, like a main marker, but it was like very sacrilegious. <laughs> so I was like, interesting. And I texted my roommate and I said, I think I fucked the Antichrist last night, but it was great. <laughs> and so I was like, I'll probably never see him again, but good for me. She was like, I love that for you. I was like, yeah, you was six, five. He had a beard tattoos. It was for me. And you know, she was like, great. Love that. And I was like, yeah, cool. And I just like went about my business. I had actually just recently started talking to like two people on an app. Um, like I just got into dating apps. Like when I got back from Christmas break, uh, Christmas break, I act like I'm in school, um, visiting my family for Christmas. Um, and I like was supposed to go on a date with a guy the following week from like the app. So I really like didn't think anything of this. And I thought I would just never hear from this guy again. It was like a funny New Year's Eve story. Great for me, right? Um, about a week later, I get a text from, from Goodwill, from the guy. And he texts me and he's just like, hey, Kylie, uh, I've been thinking about you. Um, I would love to take you out sometime. And I was like, interesting. Okay. Um, I also want to give like a full disclaimer that whether I went on this date with Goodwill or the guy from the app, that was going to be the first time someone took me on a date. And yeah, I was 25. So I also am going into this a little bit blind. Uh, my early 20s, like I said, were a lot of college experiences. Um, I had a long-term boyfriend in high school right before I went to college. And then I didn't date anyone through my college experience. I definitely was like heavily involved with some people, but they were like, were not dating me the way they should be dating. So, um, this was really the first time someone was like asking to take me out. And so I got pretty excited about it. And I like thought that I was going to be balling. I had like a date with this other guy lined up for the like that Thursday. And then I made plans with Goodwill for Wednesday. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do both. I'm, I'm gonna have a roster, right? Like I was like, I'm ready for this. Me has never been on a date and suddenly thinks I can have a roster. So I go on this date with this Goodwill man on Wednesday and we, he shows up to my house. Uh, he's got a bottle of wine and he was like, we can go to dinner. And then I figured we can just like, you know, come back here and talk if you want, um, with this, he shows up first of all, for my date on a motorcycle. Number two, I was also once again, fucked. I'm like, you're six, five. Now you have a beard and tattoos and you showed up on a bike. So I was just like, okay, let's go. Right. Um, we did not take the bike to dinner though. We did take my car. Um, but we went through, 
you know, basically two and a half hours of sitting on my couch before we left to go to dinner. And we were just talking and talking and talking. And if you know me, that meant mostly I was talking. Um, but he like was listening to me so well. Like I, I was like, he was just like asking the right questions. He was seemed really interested in everything that I had to say. And it was a really fun experience. And I just remember it being like 830. And he was like, I'm going to eat my arm if we don't leave. Like we got to go somewhere. And I was like, okay, yeah, great. We'll go. So I remember we went to a pizza place um, for dinner. He asked like what my favorite food was. And I said it was pizza. So we went and got pizza and like just continued to talk. And I just remember he started sharing some things, but it was like by the end of the date, like he knew way more about me than he should. Like he knew all of my family tree. He knew all the shit about like my grandparents raising me, like just literally everything. Um, and he was sharing like a decent bit about himself, but he just kept saying things about like how easy it was to talk to me and how open he felt like I was being and how much he appreciated that. And like how real and vulnerable I seemed compared to like a lot of other people he's dated and just like making all these kind of statements. And, you know, I'm like, wow, we're like really hitting it off. So he comes back with me. We drink the wine. We keep talking. And I remember we just stayed up super late. We had put like How I Met Your Mother on TV in the background and just talked through like so many episodes and just like really connected and ended up obviously hooking up again. He stayed overnight. Um, and when he left the next morning, I was like, yeah, I want to pursue this. And I canceled the date with the other guy, me not having a roster. <laughs> so I canceled this date and I was just like, wow, I really like this guy. And I was trying to be cautious about it and be chill about it because I, like I said, I'd been in an interesting situation, the, uh, coming out of Ohio. And so I was definitely nervous. And I also was like, Oh, you don't know this guy that well. Um, but I just was like, wow, as far as like dates go, I haven't been on many, but that has to be like the best kind of date you could have been on. Right. And so I was super excited about it. And we made plans to hang out again. Um, and we started seeing each other like once a week. I know by like the third week we were hanging out, it was like, we were taking turns. Like he would come over and he like cooked dinner for me and he would always, you know, bring over like a bottle of wine. And, um, I had a friend from high school, surprisingly coming into town like last minute. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go out with all my friends, but you're welcome to come. Um, and he decided to, so he came out like three weeks into us knowing each other and met a bunch of my friends. Um, one of my best friends at the time, I had just been in her wedding even. And so he was like involved in that. And, um, you know, was like holding my hand while we were out and we just spent the next few weeks spending more and more time together. And I remember we would like have all these like super intimate moments together. Um, in person and have all these conversations where he would just be like, wow, I like really feel this strong connection with you and so on and so forth. But then we would like text about things sometimes. And about, you know, four weeks into this, I was kind of like, you know, I am definitely feeling like this is moving a little bit quickly and I definitely like have feelings for you. Like, I just kind of want to get a, like a grip on where you're at. And he was super confusing. He'd be like, I love spending time with you. And I, I love doing this. And like, I've, I haven't had feelings like this in a really long time. And I, I just am not sure if I'm in a place for a relationship. I want to like halt right there and just tell all women to just, when somebody says that, just fucking listen to them and leave. Like if they're <laughs> there, you're not going to change their mind. And I know that this story is going to tell you that I did change his mind, but clearly not for the best. So, um, you know, he was saying things like that and I was just like trying to be the cool girl and was like, yeah, I mean like labels or whatever, let's just keep doing this. Like I, you know, I hadn't been in a real relationship since I was 17. And so I was like, maybe this is just how this is sometimes, you know, I don't, I don't know. And we kind of kept doing this whole thing. Um, you know, he would show up and like bring me surprise dinner out during my long works, my long work shifts. We would go to movies. We, we went to an escape game for one of our first dates. We were just doing all these cool things and, um, all of the like traditional things that you would do on a date, right? We were going to dinners. We were just doing date stuff. And we got to a point where, like I said, about four weeks in and he is at my house and he says to me, I have something I have to bring up with you. Um, I'm going on a three week trip to, to South America in like a month and a half or a month or something like that. And I was like, okay. Um, it might've even been in a few weeks. I don't even remember the time frame of this, but it was soon. And I was like, okay, that's, that's cool. He's like, yeah. He's like, I have a friend that asked me if I wanted to go with them. Um, he's like, they asked me like 
two days after I met you, like not even after our first date, but after we met on New Year's and I was like, hell yeah. He's like, I take a out of the country trip every year. And I was like, of course I want to go. And I, he's like, so I just wanted to let you know that's coming up. I leave like mid February and I'm going to be gone for three, three and a half weeks. And I was like, wow, yeah, of course. That's super exciting for you. Like da 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 da. We'll just, you know, see where things go and we'll be talking. And he's like, yeah, I had no idea I was going to meet you obviously. Um, but you know, I, I definitely am excited about the trip and I was like, cool. Yeah. And so I didn't think anything of it. Right. Uh, we keep hanging out for more weeks. And as this is getting closer, he tells me one day that he's like, well, I have more I need to tell you. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And he's like, the person I'm going on this trip with is actually a girl. And it's a girl that I met last summer on a trip when I was in Japan. He said he met this girl that I would just call Amsterdam because that's where he met her. We're going to go zombie land with it. And He's like, I met her in Amsterdam. I met her there. She's from Amsterdam. We met in Japan. We kind of like had a fling. We were like hooking up basically when we were in Japan and we've stayed in touch as friends. And he was like, so we're going on this trip as just friends, but she's the one that invited me. And it was like I said before, we were really doing any of this. And I was like, sweet. So (laughs) me on the outside was like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, chill. Me goes home and cries. So I immediately was super anxious and nervous, which again, this is where I'm starting to learn that somebody who you trust and feel secure in, that shouldn't be an issue. And there was already feelings to me like, this isn't right. And maybe that's because from the get go, he didn't tell me, like he told me first, it was like, I'm going with a friend. Right. And as this goes on, I'm getting more and more pieces of information. And so we go about this and I'm just like, okay, um, I guess we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, I was like, I'm fine with it. Um, and I had asked him at one point, I was like, so are we like exclusive right now? I kind of want to know that before you go on this trip. And he was like, I mean, are you asking me like if we're going to, if we're in a relationship? And I was like, oh, I'm just like trying to know again, trying to be cool. And I was like, I'm just trying to know like sexually for like, you know, safety purposes and stuff. Like, are you sleeping with anyone else? I'm not sleeping with anyone else, all this. And he was like, well, yeah, I'm currently not sleeping with anyone else. And I was like, okay, cool. It's still not really answering the question, but great. And so I was kind of like, all right, you're assured. And I just, I still remember I left, I left his house and I remember I literally drove to a little Caesars, ordered a personal pizza and ate it and cried in my car. I literally, it's like a vivid memory for me of just like crying over deep dish little Caesars. It's a sad, sad image, but I was like so distraught over this and trying not to be. And I continuously felt more reassured by him though, as we got closer to this trip, like he started saying things about like, you know, he would give me weird bits of information like that. She was saying weird stuff to him about like having a family with him someday or some kind of like weird shit like that. And he would be like, yeah, I, I like told her that I'm like not interested like that. And, da, 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 da. and I was like, what does she know about me? And he's like, she knows that I met someone. And I was like, okay, um, we're still not dating obviously at this point, but leading up to the trip, it's like Valentine's day week. Right. And we end up spending every day essentially he's supposed to leave on like the 18th or something and we spend like the 13th or the 18th together back and forth at our houses every day um i originally was supposed to like go to an ariana grande concert for valentine's day and not even do anything with him and i was like kind of pumped about that because i was like then i don't have to stress about it if he's gonna want to do anything because he also up front let me know he fucking hates holidays over and over again and i was like i love holidays that sucks um but I got to the day of the concert and my friend that was supposed to go with me, our tickets were free. She worked for a radio station. So, um, she was sick and she's like, I'm not going to go anymore. Do you have anyone else that you want to take? I didn't. And so I ended up being a little bit bummed, was not going to go see Ari. Um, but I was like texting him about it and kind of just telling him what happened. And he was like, well, I guess you could spend Valentine's day with me instead then. So his suggestion, I'm like, sure. Yeah, of course you can come over. Bitch, I got so dressed up. Like, I was wearing, like, a whole-ass cocktail dress for this man to come to my apartment. Like, I was like, I'm going to make them make him pleased about this. I had, like, lingerie. I had a whole thing. And he shows up just as obnoxiously. But, like, before this, a package comes to my door, like, during the day, just coincidentally, on Valentine's Day. First of all, I I met this man, like, uh, the week of my powerlifting meet also, like, the last time I competed in powerlifting. And so he was super intrigued by the fact that I was, like, all into weightlifting and all this stuff. He asked me all questions about it all the time um, and was, like, quote, unquote, un- impressed. Um, that's important for later context. <laughs> but I um, get this package to my door, and it's addressed to Muscle Babe Buff Pants, first of all. And it's uh, got his return address on it, or um, I believe – I actually can't remember. It might have come from 
Taylor Nation. Anyways, I opened it up and it had his return address like in the uh, billing address notes, right? So I knew it was from him. And also I knew that because he called me that. Um, but it's a Taylor Swift hat. I opened up like a 1989 tour hat. Um, but if we rewind in the story a little bit i had shown him this hat because there was a guy that i worked with that was like always kind of trying to sleep with everyone and he got a job with a radio station as well and was showing me all the free like merchandise taylor swift related that they had and he like had shown me those hats and i was like can you get me one and he was like i'll give you one for a blow job and i was like no (laughs) so um he was like kind of kidding but kind of not it's one of those things it was like just kidding, unless you know, those kind of situations. And I had like told Goodwill about this because I was like, you know, just sharing the the story um, and had shown him the hat and like a very quick glimpse. And so then this is the hat that shows up for me. And I was like, that's cute. Um, and then later he says to me, he's like, yeah, well, when I realized the going rate for the hat, <laughs> he was like, I couldn't let somebody else cash in on that. And so now I'm like, in hindsight, more parallel possessive behavior a little bit there but um i was like you know that's sweet you remembered the hat that's like what i'm seeing right and so i'm like cute um got this hat and he shows up that night and has like bottle of wine i open the door he's got like one singular rose in his mouth it's super fucking cheesy but i'm just like great like makes a big deal about how dressed up i am all this we like have dinner we end up having a harry potter marathon because he said he never watched past movie three and that is really the only red flag at the time i was clearly identifying so i was like oh the fourth one's my favorite we're gonna start there and we just had honestly at the time i was like this is the best valentine's day i've ever had um i haven't had a boyfriend on valentine's day since i was in high school like um I was just continuously wrapped up and that kind of catapulted us into the rest of the week. We spent every day together. The next day, his childhood best friend was in town. He took me to meet him, like got dinner with him and his fiance, I think it was at the time. Um, and we just like spent time with them and stayed over at his place after that. And then we just kept doing these things. And we had planned for when he was leaving for the South America trip that Saturday, he was going to stay with me Friday night. Um, we were going to stay together. I was going to take him to the airport. He was planning to leave his car at my place for the whole three weeks. I was going to pick him up at the end of it. Like this is pretty intense at this point. Um, and we were just like having all these deep conversations about like how the trip's going to go, how much he's going to miss me, how much he like doesn't even want to go anymore. He says like, he's like, I'm, I'm excited to explore South America, but like with this going on, I just like wish that I could just stay here with you, like saying all these things. Right. And again, we've known each other at this point for six weeks. I want to just reiterate that also. Um, and we are staying up all night the night before his trip. And we're just like having all these deep talks and we're telling him just like, basically bearing my soul. He's sharing all this stuff with me and telling me all these different things about himself. And I remember something he would repeatedly say um, and continue to say throughout our relationship is that he felt like we made sense together because we were both fucked up. Um, And that's something else that I'm looking back at as like not a positive thing. Um, But he would always say that like he, you know, could see all these like vulnerabilities and flaws in me and like the different family dynamics that we both have. And he came from a very like troubled childhood. Um, and I'm very empathetic to that. And I was empathetic to that. And he like saw it as this big bonding force for us. And for me, I was kind of like, yeah, that is also something that we can understand each other. But, um, it was definitely the starting of like this kind of trauma bonded style relationship. And we definitely like leaned on each other to get through those type of things. But as we were going through this evening, it's like, we're staying up, we're having all these deep talks. I remember him like singing that Aerosmith song to me, which is like, this man only listened to metal music. So this was like so bizarre, but he was like that, like, he's like, I literally feel the, like, I finally understand those lyrics. Like, I don't want to go to sleep because I'm afraid I'm going to miss something. Like, I don't want to leave tomorrow, like all this shit. Right. And so I'm just like, I am heartbroken that this man is leaving for three weeks. Like I, I, three weeks felt like it was going to be the longest time of anything I've ever experienced. That's like how I was feeling. And I remember taking him to the airport and just being like so sad. And 
he, he was gone. And I still, of course, had in the back of my mind this whole time about the girl that's there and how we're like not really in a relationship and their history. And when I say that I was just like a freaking mess while he was gone, it's embarrassing and honestly really painful to look back at because this is another thing that I've since learned through a lot of self-work and things like that, that again, there's a difference between missing someone and having like this anxiety and your body tries to tell you things before you can really register it in your mind. And we were a few days into it and he was going to have spotty internet connection on and off the whole time. This man doesn't, when he's traveling, he's like traveling. He doesn't do like resorts and hotels and stuff. He's at like hostels and staying on people's couches and all kinds of crazy shit. So I was, you know, getting, messages every day or every other day. And I was getting a lot of reinforcements. Like he would send me this, like, I wish you were here style song and like, tell me how much he couldn't wait to get back to me. And the saying things like, I can't wait to like hold you, or I wish you were on this experience with me, like da, 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 da. And I was like, you know, really, really trying to be reassured by those. But it's like, every time there would be like a day or two, I wasn't hearing from him. I would just feel so much anxiety. Like to the point that my body, I remember about a week into him being gone. Once I knew that he had officially met up with the girl, uh, from Amsterdam, I, my body broke out into hives. Like I literally had hives while he was gone. And I can just like see so clearly now how this was a sign of like, you, something is not okay with like this entire dynamic. And for me at the time, I was just like, I didn't even have the correlation until I like talked to somebody and they were like, yeah, you can get like stress induced hives. <laughs> and I was like sick. So I, was really stressed out and kind of going back and forth. And as the trip went on, it felt like he, he was giving me like less and less. Um, he was still like communicating with me, but it was like, he was in worse and worse Wi-Fi allegedly. Um, but he was still, every time I did talk to him, he was like, we got to talk on the phone, like one time it was a really shitty connection. Um, but it was like, I miss you so much. Like he was telling me at one point how the girl was like super mad at him. Cause he basically like was honest with her about, um, like his feelings for me and all this stuff. And that apparently she did have the wrong impression. And so I'm like having simultaneous like anxiety about that while also feeling like, Oh, like, well, she's mad at him because of me. Like, that means he's definitely telling her about it. Like he's upfront, he's clear, like da, 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 da. Right. And so I am just like in this constant back and forth. And I found journal entries from this time recently. And it's like, so chaotic to read because I'm just like constantly back and forth to like talking myself out of feeling quote unquote crazy, which would, <laughs> which would be the trajectory of the entire relationship. So again, people show you in the beginning and that's just like what I want to keep reiterating. But I was like, every time I would have these feelings, I would get a message and he's like, Oh, I got you a gift today while I'm here. Like just all these different back and forth things. And then I wouldn't hear from him for a while. And it was just this, whatever. And I had to constantly be like, it's the Wi-Fi, it's this, it's this. Right. Um, and I knew for the last few days of the trip that she was gone, she was going her own way to continue her journey elsewhere. And I felt instant relief about that. And I was just like, you know, maybe I'm just a really jealous person and I still need to work on that, which I did have a lot of jealousy issues then admittedly. Um, but I still just like couldn't shake this feeling that something was wrong. And it was interesting, like the stuff I was seeing on like social media. Um, he wasn't really a big user of social media at the time, but he only quote unquote posted when he traveled. And so I would see pictures and like the very last thing that had been uploaded was a picture of them like at this place in um, I think Peru or something. But I like, you know, it wasn't like it was suggestive or anything, but I definitely felt a certain type of way about it and just was really overwhelmed by the time he was coming back. I, w I had been like counting down. And again, I hadn't seen him in three weeks, but I'd only known this guy for six. Like it was just, it was a bizarre, I can't even really articulate it well. So this probably just sounds chaotic, but it was just like, I was out of sorts. And by the time he was coming back, um, I was like amping up this whole arrival, right? Like I was so excited to see him. Um, I went out and like, bought his like favorite beer his favorite food was like movie theater popcorn and i went and went to a movie theater on the way to the airport went in bought popcorn and left the movie theater to like bring him a bucket of popcorn when i picked him up from the airport because like he had told me the whole time he like missed he like goes to the movies once a week and gets like a large thing of popcorn and so he was like i haven't been able to do that in south america so i like went and got this huge popcorn got his favorite beer like and 
he had like said something funny about himself, like what he was going to be looking like at the airport. And I like made one of those cheesy ass, like pickup at the airport signs that like had the description of him that he had told me. And I like parked at the airport, went in like with the sign, like stood at the end of the escalator. Like I was making this a whole ass romantic comedy in my brain. Right. And he was like elated by it. Like I, we got in my car and he like started crying and he's like, I've never had someone like put this much effort into something for me. Like, this is so cute. Like, Oh my God, like whatever. So we went back to my house, obviously hooked up and like hung out and just spent the night together. He told me all about his trip. And the next day we were like going through his slideshow of photos and we got to like a point where there's the pictures from the one that was on Facebook where I had like the weird feeling. And he like, kind of like flipped through some of them really quickly. And I like, again, just talked my brain out of that being weird and was like, oh, you made that up. The speed didn't change, whatever. And I didn't say anything about it. And it was very shortly after that. Um, I was definitely a little quieter um, at that point. And he like, you know, just kissed me and was like, I would like to be your boyfriend. And I was like, okay, yeah, you are crazy. Obviously. Like I was like, wow, look, see what, if you would have just made a deal about that, that would have ruined everything. And I was like, yeah. So, you know, I was, I was super happy. Um, we had like plans for St. Patrick's day that weekend. We went out, we had all these pictures that we took and like all this fun times that we had. And you know, the, the next week and a half was great. And it was going into, uh, the weekend when I, um, had a friend in town, I was working and then I was supposed to pick a friend up from the bar that was like across town. And I got back really late. And so I remember I called him cause he lived on the opposite side of town of me at the time. And I was like, Hey, do you care if I um, come crash there tonight because I'm on that side of town? And he was like, yeah, of course I'm like already in bed, but you can just come in through the back door or whatever. Totally fine. And so I did. And I went there and I was trying to sleep and start hearing a bunch of notifications go off on his phone. And it's like repetitively happening to where it's like waking me up and he's not waking up and I try to like nudge him. He's still not waking up. So I was just like, I'm just going to go silence his phone. Right. So I just go to like click the silencer, but it lights up the screen and he doesn't have his like previews turned off for what it was. It was like WhatsApp message. And so as I look down at it, I see that it's Amsterdam and it's all these messages where she's like, baby, I miss you so much. Like, I hate it here. I hate that we had to leave, like all of these things. And I'm like, okay, why, why is this bitch calling you baby? What is going on? That's weird. And I'm like, I have two choices here. I can go to sleep and act like I didn't look at it. And I'm like, or I can ask about it because I didn't intentionally look at it. And this is just situational and there's probably an explanation. So I try to wake him up. Uh, he has terrible, terrible, uh, cognitive function when he's in the middle of sleeping as most of us do. Um, so we're having like a half a sleep conversation for a while, but I'm just like, yo, what the fuck is this? What's going on? Why is she talking to you like that? And he's kind of just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, blah, 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 kind of blowing it off. And finally I'm just like, I am like, I'm crying at this point. Like I'm already crying. And he finally like, kind of like wake actually wakes up, um, while he's like looking at me and I'm crying and he's like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and I was like, did you sleep with her? And he says, yeah, just, just, yeah, just, flat out, yeah. And I was like, okay. I was like, were you just not going to share that information with me? And he was like, yeah, no, I didn't really plan on it. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, I was like, we, he's like, we weren't together. And I was like, that's interesting <laughs> because your car was at my house. I was getting these messages from you every day. And then you made me your girlfriend the day you got back. So I, I get that. Um, but I feel very like lied to. I kind of feel like this whole thing that everything you said to me while you were there is bullshit. And he's like, no, it just happened. Like, you know, we were, um, you know, we were drunk and she was emotional about it. There was like a history there and it just kind of happened. And I was like, so it just happened the one time. And he says, no, it happened three times. <laughs> and I'm like, so you accidentally fucked three times. <laughs> and he said, well, the first time was because I was drunk. And the second time was because I was drunk. <laughs> and he said, the third time is because we were on a bus and it was on my bucket list. <laughs> so I'm just sitting here crying <laughs> while I'm being told this. And I'm like, 
I don't trust you, obviously. Like, I was like, I the whole time was so worried about this. And I convinced myself that I was fucking crazy. And I was right the whole time. And later, by the way, as I eventually, while we were, you know, because the sad part of the story is I did go on to date this man for a very long time. Um, but I, I had like found the drive of all those photos and they're like our hundred percent pictures of them, like kissing on a mountain. <laughs> like, so I'm like, that's not an accident. <laughs> like you, you set a camera up, <laughs> like, come on. And so I'm like, sweet. I was not hallucinating at any of these points. So again, lesson in intuition, but I, 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 we, we basically fight about this for the rest of the night. We eventually fall asleep. We wake up the next morning and I'm just thinking about everything the last few months. And now I know that this has a lot to do with, um, codependency issues for me. It has a lot to do with anxious attachment and has a lot to do with just, I wanted a partner and I was really invested in this person. Like, you know, as much as there was this back and forth, I can't, it would take hours to go into the detail of like how loved and special and like cared for this person made me feel like I was at, his best. And so I was like, you know, he made a mistake and he also is right. We weren't together. Right. As he continued to say, and he gave me this entire story also about how like it wasn't until he slept with her that he realized how much he wanted to be with me. Um, and I like bought that bullshit also. Cause I was like, that seems like a man thing to say. That seems accurate. Like, you know, you had to fuck somebody else to realize you love me. Cool. Um, and he was like, yeah, I was like, I, he's like, I, he's like, I was talking to you at some point on the trip when I had food poisoning and he's like, and I think I actually was just like sick to my stomach over this whole thing. Like, he's like, I actually did intend to tell you right when I got back, but then you were at the airport with all of my favorite things and did all this stuff for me. And I was just so scared of losing you and hurting you. And he was like, I knew that you wouldn't be with me if you found that out. And he's like, I made a mistake. And like, he's like, it's part of my past. She doesn't even live here. And so I wanted to just be able to build like an us moving forward he's like and otherwise i felt like we would just fight about this forever and it would always be between us and so i didn't want to put that on the relationship and i was like wow yeah that makes a lot of sense you know so i was like that's that's fair and so i told him that morning that i was like i would like to work through this and i would like to stay together like you know we just started all of this and it's been a really you know intense couple months and we got i think that we can get through it and he was like okay and I had asked him though, I was like, you know, um, I don't, I don't know if you are going to like continue talking to her or not. And he's like, well, we are friends. And I was like, I, I get that. And I think that's fine if you guys stay friends and <laughs> trying to be cool. And so I go home and I'm just like super upset about this. I called and talked to a friend and I eventually was like, yeah, I can't really handle them being friends right now. <laughs> so I had sent a text to him and I was like, look, I know when we talked this morning, um, you said that you guys, you know, you guys could be friends and I just, I'm not comfortable with that right now. And I need you guys to take a break, um, like from friendship and maybe not forever, but I was like, I can't have her like talking to you. She clearly is emotionally invested if she's saying this stuff to you. And I need you to tell her that we're in a relationship and I need you to not talk to her for a while. And the message I get back from him is just that he has been trying to be this good guy that he is not. And he thinks that it's best for us to go our separate ways. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I, I do. I literally am so confused by this. And I call him and he answers. And the person that answers this phone, though, is not the person I just spent the last two and a half months getting to know. It was like so cold, so distant, so instant. Like I was just there this morning when he was giving me all this bullshit. Right. And I, I am like, crying and i'm just like i don't understand why you want to give up on this this quickly i'm the one who just got hurt here and i'm giving you a chance and now you're trying to tell me like this isn't who you are or, like what is going on and he was just like i think it's just it's just done like i think that we just you know are never going to get past this and it is what it is and i am embarrassingly begging for us to keep working it out and he's just like not even hearing me he's barely saying anything and he's just like sorry and so we hang up that phone call and that is that. I don't talk to the man for a while. Um, and then two weeks later, I get a package in the mail and I've been dying to share this story because I would love to just know how y'all feel about this. But I get this package and I have this glimmer of hope because it's there's no return address, but I recognize the handwriting from the other notes that I've received. And it's from him. And I'm like, wow, maybe this is like the apology. Maybe this is it, right? And I take this package inside. And there is a singular pair of my underwear in it. 
and nothing else. No note, nothing. No return address, as if I'm not going to know who fucking had my underwear. And that's it. And I am just, when I tell you the rage that I was fueled with, because here's the thing. Here's the thing I've broken down in hindsight that I should have broken down then. I'm pissed then because I'm like, you sending me this is like, I'm some kind of like random hoe trash that you found and you need to like get this back. Like, first of all, throw them away. Like what? But here's the thing. This motherfucker had to walk or drive his ass to a post office, get a stamp, like write down the address, put those in an envelope and mail them to me. Like the amount of like effort and thought that took is psychotic. Like who does that? Like this was not like jewelry. It was like, it was a fucking, it was a thong that could fit in a Ziploc bag. Like this was unnecessary. And I, I'm just baffled like at the level of pure, just like, I don't even know the word, pure psychoticness that, that goes into that entire process. Like for you to like be, there's like a lot of things I think we do like with a knee jerk reaction. Like we've all probably done something a little crazy, like said something in a moment, like you've like thrown something out of anger, like people knee jerk react to something and that's normal. Like getting fired up about something and in, in the middle of a fight or like you're hurt by something, but like to you have to make a lot of steps and have a lot of thought processes to go like mail someone something like that's a choice. And so I didn't think about all this. Then I was just fired up because I was like, so hurt by this. Like, I'm like, I have been so deeply hurting over this. And I send him this huge message. And I'm basically just like, look, I have left you alone. I did nothing to deserve this. I don't understand what your intent of this is, but it's messed up. Like, you know, I was nothing but good to you, blah, 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 like all of these things. And he comes back and like calls me immediately. And I'm like, what do you, what do you want? And he basically is like apologizing. And he's like, that's not the intent that I had of this at all. And I just wanted you to know that like, I, I cared about you because like, you always talked about how expensive your underwear on. So were, so I didn't think you would want to lose them. Like, and he's just like seeming so sincere. And he was just like, I don't understand why you would read into that that way. I didn't even think that you could process that as something negative. I'm so sorry. And I was like, you know, this has been really hard for me. Like, I really miss you. And then like, I finally hear from you and it's a pair of my underwear without any fucking context. And he's like, yeah, I'm really sorry. Like it's, I've been having a really hard time too. And I'm like, so why are we doing this? And he's like, I just think it's for the best. So I'm like, okay, here we are again. So I, um, hang up the phone. We don't talk again for a while. And two weeks later, I get into a pretty terrible car accident and I go to the ER, all this stuff. And a friend of mine actually ends up sending him a text and letting him know about it because I don't have a lot of people in Nashville at this point. Um, I'm living alone at this point. And uh, my only friends are my work friends, which bless them. They came through some of my girls that I still have now. But um, somebody lets him know that I was in an accident and he tries to get a hold of me. I don't answer. I finally like message him back and I'm like, I'm glad I had to almost die to hear from you. Like this is fucked up. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm just not very nice when we talk. Um, and a few days later I was kind of having this like weird come to Jesus moment where I was just like thinking about my life because it kind of like flashed before my eyes in this scenario and thinking about, all of the stuff that had happened and the way that our last interaction was. And I was just like, you never know when someone could be gone. And so I sent him this message where I was just like, look, I'm actually really sorry. I didn't mean the way that I like spoke to you. I've actually just been miserable for the last, it's been six weeks, I think now. So it almost been the same amount of time that we had known each other that we've been apart. And I was like, I have been miserable. I've been sad. I've been drinking a lot. Like I'm not in a good place. And I just, I really cared about you. And I don't want to leave things on that note, knowing how like precious life is. And it's hours once I finally hear back and he calls me and it's like 11 PM and we basically like hash all this stuff out. Um, he tells me that he's been terrible, that he's been drinking, that he is like not been in a good place that he's thought about me every day. Um, he tells me that he was in love with me, um, and that he had never felt this way in his whole life. And that's what scared him. And that's why he ran away. And he thought that he messed it all up and he wanted to just get out before he messed it up even more because I deserve better. And I was such a good person and I deserved like so much more than he could give me. And I can hear him like driving this whole time. And, uh, finally he asked me if I'm at home and I'm like, yeah, it's 1230 on a Sunday. 
And he's like, I'm almost to your place. So he's like on the phone with me driving, confessing this. He shows up at my front doorstep crying <laughs> and telling me all these things about how sorry he was and how much he uh, regretted everything that has happened over the last two months and that he just wanted a chance to start over with me if I was going to give it to him. And he ended up staying the night with me. And I, uh, I hate to say that I gave that chance, but I did. So in hindsight, this is how the whole thing started. <laughs> and that's a lot of chaos for fucking three months with somebody that you just met. And that is really what I'm kind of taking away because once that moment started, we were together for the next four years, right? Four and a half years, whatever it was. And there's a lot to unpack in that. And I'm not going to like walk through our entire relationship at that pace. But I think that that is just the really important takeaway that I wanted to talk about today is like there was, I think that the lesson I'm learning when it comes to relationships is like, it should be easy. Like it's not that it's not hard work, but it shouldn't constantly feel confusing and it shouldn't constantly feel anxious and it shouldn't constantly feel like you're having to like figure somebody out or figure out their real intentions. And from the get go, I was given such like intense positivity and then such intense pullback. And this dynamic continued to repeat itself throughout the entire relationship up until it's blowout point. And I now know this has a lot to do with like love bombing and gaslighting techniques and all of these things that are going to come up and that I'm going to talk about in more depth later. But this is kind of where that all started for me. And I, like I said, I just get a lot of questions about like the origin of this and like how it was throughout. And it, you know, it, he was right. The, the lack of trust issue became an issue. Like the thing with Amsterdam, it recurringly came up, but it also compounded into other things that repetitively were made to believe me to believe that it was always my fault. And I have had such a hard time beating myself up about that story that I just told, because I'm like, there were so many clear points there that as as you're listening probably to this, that you're like, bitch, the fuck, why would you stay? And it's really hard when you're just not there. But I hope that it's a reminder because I'm using it as a reminder moving forward that you need to trust your intuition. And I don't necessarily think you always need to run after the first red flag, but like, let's, let's have a three strike rule, ladies. I think like if three things strike you as really off or really concerning, we got to go. And it's okay if it takes you a while to learn this lesson. I learned it again this summer. Um, but that's kind of how this whole shebang started. So I know this, this episode didn't have a ton of like comedic element to it. Um, other than just like the pure, um, idiocracy and audacity of someone, but I kind of felt like I needed to start there to kind of set up where my last year has come from. And also this whole relationship has provided a lot of the trigger points that I now have and the behaviors that I'm now working through and that I'm going to be like sharing on this podcast. So hopefully you at least were entertained, uh, that it was at least an interesting story. Um, and you can laugh at my misfortune at the very least, but there's a lot more to come. There's a lot more to unpack and I will be picking up next week with, um, we'll kind of fast forward a bit and get to where this last year's process and healing journey started. And then we'll get into some of the chaotic stuff that's a little lighter and funnier, but that's where I began. That's the story of Goodwill. And I hope that uh, you tune in next week. I hope that you leave me a lovely review and rating. Now you could do that on Spotify as well as Apple. So that's exciting. Um, and I will catch you guys next time. That's a fucking wild story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My God. It's just the beginning. That is insane. <laughs>